0: Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy. Things that we as humanity think that we've conquered, not only can we not choose our own weather, but very often we don't even know what the weather's going to be like later in the afternoon. That was, that was what John, Grandpa Joe was saying. And he was reflecting on that. Did you notice? And thinking, do you know what? We, we can't choose the weather. We don't even know what the weather's going to be. And he realized and he recognized how small he was and how big the world is. He described it as a big, scary place. And I wonder this morning whether that has ever been your experience, whether you've ever found yourself in a situation where you've just been totally and utterly overwhelmed. I was thinking this week of a couple of um, examples that happen, they occur in life reasonably regular that shock us into that realization that we are unfathomably small in a big and chaotic world. I've seen that Aaron is here. How many children have you brought with you this week? Three. Last time Aaron came, you only had two. There you go. Just participation. Well done. Which means you've recently had a new baby. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. That's good. Now, it doesn't matter whether you've had a child or not. Most of us will understand this concept, that there is a moment when you first hold a baby and you realize, heck. I am not as in control of life as I thought I was. When you are faced with that responsibility of caring for 24-7 another human being, all of a sudden those alarm bells go off in your mind. I'm not sure whether that still happens on the third time. Perhaps it does, perhaps it doesn't. But that happens in so many people's lives. We happily wander through life day in, day out, and then something like that shocks us into thinking, wow life is serious life is risky you start viewing the home as an absolute death trap the place where we're supposed to be safest you just see uh, accidents and injuries everywhere uh, in everything maybe you've been um, down the beach down the harbor down somewhere like bury port where you can get in close and it's been stormy And you've seen the waves crashing. And on a calm day, you've been down there. And and you've seen the size of the walls. And you've thought, wow, those walls are impressive. There's absolutely no way that the waves are getting over the top of that ever. And then you've been there when the tide is in and a storm has hit. And all of a sudden, you've realized, heck, heck, as big a defense as we care to build, when things really get out of control, they're not big enough. And you realize how small you are or we are as a humanity. Maybe it's that situation where you've gone back to the doctors to have test results. We've known a lot of that in our church this last year, haven't we? Of people nervously, prayerfully waiting for results. And then it's the results that we haven't wanted. And all of a sudden, life and the world that we live in just seems so much bigger than we are. Our health, we... We eat the right things. We, we do the right exercise. And yet still, our bodies suffer. Our bodies fail. We, we recognize how small we are. Maybe it's sitting at home, watching the news, and the company or the organization or the institution that you work for is on the news, and the news is there are job cuts. There are redundancies on the way, and that's how you find out. That will cause panic. That will cause worry. That will cause stress. That will cause you, most likely, to be like Grandpa Joe, to be in awe of the world and how out of control everything is for you, how small you are, and to be scared. And really, that is the situation that Job 38, that Julie was reading out to us earlier, is spoken into. You know the story of Job? He's a man who had much and suffered greatly, and he spent. Um, weeks and weeks just trying to figure it all out in his head. Friends have come along to try and help him to explain why these awful things have happened in his life. And it's not until God comes up that Job is confronted with this reality of really how small and how out of control of things he actually is. Now, I mean, let's just pick a couple of those verses. If you've got a Bible, by all means, open it up to Job 38. Job 38. And basically, God gives this series of rhetorical questions to Job to help him to see that he's not the center of the universe, and he's not in control of anything and everything. Verse 4, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? That's kind of God's first opening question to Job. He said, where were you at the beginning when everything started, when I laid the earth's foundation. Well, Job's got to admit that he was nowhere. And when we zoom out and comprehend how big this planet that we live on is, it forces us to feel small. Emir and Rodri, they're both here, you went a year ago, 18 months ago, to listen to a man called Ash Dykes. Is that right? Ash Dykes is Wales' answer to Bear Grylls. So he's bare grills, but better, is what I'm trying to say. And he was the first man ever to walk across Mongolia on his own. One and a half thousand miles. One of the most desolate countries in the entire world. And it wasn't until 2014 that a person actually managed to do that, to walk across one country. Not even the biggest country in the world. I mean, when you think about How little we've achieved in terms of the globe, even though we've shrunk the world with transportation links and things like that, it's something that we look at and we just feel unfathomably small. Where were you when I laid the the earth's foundations? This isn't something that's bigger than God, but it's something that is way bigger than us. Verse 8 his attention turns to the seas and to the oceans, and he asks the question Who shut the sea behind the doors? When it burst forth from its womb, when I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. Verse 11, when I said, This far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. I mean, if you ever really want to feel small, go out by the sea, by some harbor, by some giant wall that we've built as a defense during a storm, and it is terrifying. Even on a nice day, I would say walking down to somewhere like the Millennium Path or Bury Port or something like that, and you see the size of the boulders that we've stacked on top of each other to try and form some sort of defense. You don't even need to see the waves going mad to realize this is properly beyond us. I am tiny. This world is massive. Verse 12 Uh, The gaze turns elsewhere. Another opportunity to feel small. Have you ever, God asks, given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? How many of us think that there are not enough hours in the day? Yeah? I mean, I've got space to sleep for at least four or five more than I usually do. There are not enough hours in the day. I would love to get a full 15 hours in every single night, but it's not possible, is it? And no matter how much we want the days to be longer, there's nothing we can do to extend the day or even to extend the night. Maybe you've been on the other side of it. Uh, You're suffering from insomnia. And you're telling your brain, oh, I want it to be nighttime, not just out there, but in here. I need to go to sleep, I need to go to sleep, I need to go to sleep. And you're nervously checking your phone, hoping that it doesn't say 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and the alarm is about to go off or the birds are going to start singing. But we can't do anything to stop the passage of time, can we? We can't do anything to change the 24 hours that we've got in a day. And yet God says, where were you? Or have you ever given the orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? When we stop and we think about it, that we're incapable of squeezing any more time into a day, doesn't that help you to see how small, how powerless we are? goes on again another example um this time in verse uh, 22 he asks the question have you ever entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail 24 what is the way to place to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the east winds are scattered over the earth or torrents of rain and thunderstorms he's asking do you know where these come from are you in control of them at all This is what Grandpa Joe was thinking about. How is it? Weren't they talking about this in the Beijing Olympics 2008, that we'd figured out some way to send clouds up or knock clouds away? It's nonsense. You ask farmers at the moment, they're desperate for rain. Desperate for rain so that the grass will grow, so they can cut it, so they can feed the cattle. But we can't control it, can we? And it's mind-boggling. I mean, we, we probably treat it in a silly little way, but how often have we had this scenario where we've been at home and it's absolutely bucketing it down and you phone someone up or you talk to someone who's two or three miles down the road and what do they say? Well, weather's nice here. It's a lovely day. What are you on about? It's a lovely day. We've just got absolutely no concept or control over it all. Verse 31 looks further afield to the stars, Can you bind the chains of Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead the bear out with its cub, the bear of the constellation, not an actual literal bear? No, we can't. When our sun sends up a sun flare, it plays havoc with communication devices on our planet. Did you know that? Tiny little things little scratches on the surface of our sun. Did you know that our sun is small? That if you had a view of the whole universe, you might not even spot the fact that the sun is a sun, a star is tiny. And God says, look at those. Are you big, Job? Are you in control? Are you powerful? Are you the center of this universe? The answer has got to be no. We are small. More than that, we are far, far smaller than we think. Because my guess is, in reality, most of us don't actually look at those things and think that we are small. We recognize their bigness, but we all think to ourselves secretly, yeah, but you're you're a big deal. You're important. You're in control. Try having kids. you realize how un-in-control you are? Nothing that comes out of your mouth is listened to or obeyed, is it? So often, try being a pastor of a church. Uh, no, that's all right. You, you, you are good guys. Thanks for the giggle over there. That was fine. Um, but what is God trying to do here in Job thirty-eight? What am I trying to do this morning as I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to show you that you should feel small in this world. You should feel scared. You should feel powerless and helpless. And isolated and vulnerable. Am I being nasty? Is God being nasty to Job? Is he heaping misery upon misery, this man who has suffered so much? You, maybe, who are struggling with some of these very specific issues, and I just want to tell you, yeah, you're pathetic. That's not it at all. We're supposed to see how small we are and take joy in the bigness that is elsewhere. But it's not the bigness of creation. It's not the the creation that we're supposed to feel dwarfed by and be comforted, but it's the answer so often to God's rhetorical questions. The fact that He is the one who has done all of this. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? It's unfathomably big. I practiced saying that this week because I knew I was going to be saying it a lot. Unfathomably big, the earth. And God said, like a builder turning up to a job site, yeah, I laid the foundations. I put it in its place. I I measured it out. I'm the one who decided how big it should be, uh, what it should look like, what goes where. It's not creation that we're supposed to see when we feel small, but it's the big creator forming God. Who shut up the sea behind the doors? Who told the waves, you shall go no further? The answer is the Lord, God, the one who put the waters on the earth. So when we stand by those boulders or we see those waves smashing against the rocks and we feel small, we're supposed to see as well how big God is, who commands where they go, who decides where their limits are, who speaks and they stop and they calm. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? There are some really weird things in the Bible. And we covered one of them when we looked at the book of Joshua, didn't we? Of a time when God made the sun stand still in the the sky. Or in the New Testament, when Jesus is hanging on the cross and everything goes dark. The answer is God is the one who commands the mornings, who commands the evenings, who commands the dawn and the dusk. And so when every single day passes by and we wish that it hadn't, or when we wish time would speed up because we've got something exciting that we want to get towards, and time just trundles along, that should be a pointer to us small, powerless people that there is a God who is ordering, commanding, every single day he's in control of that what else the weather <laughs> and we like to thank god when the weather is as we like it but part of the point isn't that the weather is an amazing thing an incredibly complex system that we have the most fantastic computers in the world literally trying to figure out what the weather's going to do next we're not supposed to be in awe of that We're supposed to be in awe of the one who somehow has a storehouse for snow. Um, Keeps lightning um, kind of piled up ready to be used. Uh, Tells the winds where it goes or lets the rains and the thunderstorms come. That's God who's in control of that. We are small, God is huge. The stars, the skies, the universe, the galaxy around us. It's not a question really of how far we can go as humanity. But we're supposed to see that and be in awe of the God who designed it and put it all in place. God is big. The question being asked, is it you, Job? Is it you, Amford Evangelical Church? Is it you, Sammy? Is no. The answer at every turn is the Almighty And so this is my answer for Grandpa Joe, really. He sent me the way to think about it, and I have thought about it. And I've gone to God's Word, and and I've sought an answer there. And I've been forced to, to really recognize these two things. Yes, Grandpa Joe, we are incredibly small when we look at our world. But God is incredibly mighty. We are small, but God is big. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. So what does that mean? So what does that mean in any of our lives? Grandpa Joe, in that kind of moment of philosophical angst, when he'd finally realized the fragility of his own existence or whatever, it's taken him a while. Most of us get through that as with are teenagers. But, but what's the answer? What does it matter if we recognize that the truth about the world is that we are smaller than we think and God is bigger than we think as well? Well, the answer should be, shouldn't it? Don't be scared. Don't worry. Don't stress. Don't be filled with all sorts of anxiety. There is hope even for tiny, insignificant, powerless, feeble, vulnerable people like you and like me. God, who has commanded all of this, who is over all of this, isn't just a theory, He's a reality. The one who commands the whole universe is the same one who holds us in his hands. And so my answer to Grandpa Joe, and this is what I want to encourage you to think about this morning, is this. Life doesn't have to be scary if we're trusting God. Life doesn't have to be scary if we're trusting God. One of the things I love about meeting Jesus in the New Testament is that he gets us. He anticipates how we live life. He knows and understands that we are people who worry about things, who get stressed about things, who think somehow we have to be in control of things to be all right. And this is what he teaches his followers. He says, I tell you what, do not worry about your life what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body and more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store things away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Do you see, Jesus gets us. But he also understands the answer, the thing that we need to hear. He gets that we stress about things. Food, clothes, our bodies. Adding time to our lives. Stretching out the days. Having sun on a Sunday morning so that we can do things outside, it seems to me that the weather won't be as good next week. Oh dear, it's out of our control. Stress, worry, anxiety. Jesus says, don't worry about those things. You can see that God looks after the birds. How much more valuable to Him are you? And why do you worry? He carries on. Do you worry about claws? Look at the lilies in the field, they grow. They don't labor or spin, and yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all his splendor, that great king who gathered so much wealth to himself, even Solomon was not dressed like one of these. If, it did, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, do not worry saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? That's a kind of a pagan thing. That is a non-trusting in God way of living. Stressing, having anxiety, being scared constantly about this big world that we live in. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. So this is Jesus' advice. Seek first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's Jesus' advice then. Having helped us to see in the same way how small we are, but how big God is, he'll look after you, he'll distribute, he'll give as you need. He's a heavenly father. His advice is this, don't worry, seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, and God will take care of you. What does that mean? How do we actually live that out? Because as much as we trust God, as much as we have faith in God, being stuck in a storm is still scary. Waking up of a day, having no money in the bank account and no food in the cupboards, but having a house full of mouths to feed, it's scary. Um... Having test results that aren't what you want is scary. Losing your job when you've got debts and things like that to pay is scary. Not having any clothes to wear but needing to go out of the house, for most of us, would be quite scary. Um, And Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. What's he saying? This is what I think Jesus is saying, and this is this is what I want us to think about and to go away this morning. Is let God is a king, and he has a kingdom, and he looks after his people. You can picture it a little bit like this: the US versus the UK and healthcare. People in the US know that healthcare is really important. They know, they value it. And yet there is no great system of care for them. They stress, they worry. Does the job that they have, have the right health insurance? Does the illness that I've got, does it get covered by the health insurance? Does the doctor that I want to seek and to be served by, do they accept this insurance? It's full of stress, it's full of worry. In the UK, we have something called the NHS. Which I'm sure people will have things negative to say about it, but is healthcare free to access wherever and whenever we need it? In theory, and for the most part. We don't have to worry about that. And why don't we have to worry about our healthcare, really? Because we're citizens of the United Kingdom. So all these people over here worrying and stressing about healthcare in America. What do they need to do, really, to live a worry-free, anxiety-free life? They've got to write a polite letter to the Queen, or the Prime Minister, or whoever's job it is to decide this, and say, please, can I come and live in your country? And then someone says to them, yes, you can, gives them a passport, they come over, and life is stress-free, worry-free. Don't need to worry about health insurance, or whether the doctor covers this, or any of that, it's taken care of, because I'm now a citizen in a country where that's dealt with. And that's what Jesus is saying here to us who are really small people. He says, yeah, do you know what? All that stuff is out of your control and it's in God's control. So here's my advice. Make sure you're a member of God's kingdom. Make sure you're part of the country, of the nation, whatever picture you want, of the club where it's all covered. Trust God. Trust God. Have faith in Jesus. Look to him. Lean on him. We're going to explore over the next couple of weeks the ins and the outs of that. But you need to be someone, Jesus says, who isn't thinking, these are problems that I can overcome, that I can plot and I can scheme and I can find solutions to. If we band together, if we build higher barricades, if we build bigger rockets, we can conquer more of us. No. Just come trust Live, exist, rest is the word that the Bible uses so often to describe what it's like to be someone who is part of God's kingdom. Recognize how small you are, recognize how big God is, and just live life in the kingdom of the heavenly Father who knows what you need and will provide. If God is in control, then it doesn't matter how small we are does it? If God is in control, it doesn't matter how small we are. So stop fighting. Stop wrestling. And this is to Christians and non-Christians, because we do this. Stop trying to wrestle areas of control. Stop trying to tell God, don't worry, I've got this. Just let him be in control of it all. That is what Jesus says is the path to a stress-free, worry-free life. That is my answer to Grandpa George. You know what? Stop worrying about the weather. The weather will be what the Lord decrees the weather is going to be. It'll be all right. Trust in him. Rest in him. Live in him. As small as you are, God is in control. hope that you found today's message useful and challenging. And we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church, make sure to like us on Facebook. And lastly, check out our YouTube channel for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts.